Hey Siri, give me H-Town soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. Welcome to a special segment of Orange Talk. With the help of Houston Dynamo Dose Communications staff Harris, we're able to ask Coach Kenny Bundy a few questions as the inaugural MLS Next Pro season is set to start on March 26th for Dynamo Dose. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, we're here with uh, Dynamo 2 head coach uh, Kenny Bunny, Bundy. Uh, first question, Kenny, uh, how are you feeling going into this first match on Saturday? Yeah, excited. It's been it's been a long preseason. I think nine weeks is about as long a preseason as I've seen. Um, I think we've had good tests throughout. You know, we've been formulating the roster for a while and, you know, getting to see these guys play. And, and now finally we're, we're playing for something. So I think it's it's really exciting. It's exciting to have Vancouver come in, um, you know, and, and get to play our first game at home. Um, what have you seen from this team this preseason in terms of, you know, uh, gelling off the field, you know, personality-wise, all that. Yeah, the culture of the group is a big thing for us as a staff. And, you know, I think it started when we built the staff. You know, it's it's important that not only do the players understand technically and tactically what's expected of them, but they also, you know, there's a, there's a culture to what we want to build. And I think integrating players from the academy, from the first team into Dynamo 2 signed players is really important. Um, I think the boys have bought into that. And, you know, we've brought – we brought in pieces that really drive the culture. Um, so, you know, it's an ongoing process. Obviously, you can't do that in just two months, three months. But, you know, our goal is to make sure that this is a place that people want to play and that, you know, they're fighting for the badge. Uh, Christian, feel free to ask your question if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, hey, Kenny, this is uh, Christian from Dynamo Theory. Uh, my first question for you would be um, what tactically, you know, if you can share maybe a little bit about that. How is it going to be? Is it going to be too different from the first team? Are you guys are going to be online with the first team? Uh, you know, tactically, how are you guys going to come out? If you can share some of that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know our number one goal with this process is to produce um, players that can help the first team win games. Um, you know, our, our goal, our goal as a team, is to push the first team so that they can make the playoffs and make a run at MLS Cup. So if that means players going to training, if that means players, um, uh, multiple players go in and, and play as a scout team um, for the first team, if it means that the first team plays the second team, you know, our goal is to get them into the playoffs and make a run at MLS Cup. So uh, to answer your question off of that, it, it's, it's going to be tactically similar. Um, but obviously, Paulo's goals and my goals on a weekly basis um, are a little different where, you know, for me, I, I've got to spend a lot more time on um, maybe developing individuals to understand what is needed for them from the first team, whereas Paulo is putting pieces together to win that game. So um, you'll see similarities. And I think the great thing with Paulo and, and the first team staff is that, you know, we see the game very similarly and um, we meet on a daily basis. You know, it might be a slight, you know, conversation or it may be a longer meeting, but we're in constant communication about players, about their roles, about what they're doing, about their video, about individual training sessions. So um, there's a lot of connection there. And I think, you know, I'm very fortunate to be at a club that that has that connection with the first team. So 
um, being on site with those guys, it allows us to really focus on the development of the players that are up and coming. Um, and that, that includes the guys that are going to be coming down from the first team to play with us. So, um, you know, you'll see some similarities, but you'll also see some differences because at, at the end of the day, uh, performing on the field, taking these opportunities, um, our opponent, it, it's all going to change slightly uh, week to week. So, you know, there, there will be a structure that you will see and you'll say, okay, yes, that's, that's great. I can see that with the first team. I can see that with the second team. But then sometimes there might be uh, a certain tactical shift uh, within that game model, within that structure that is for us to, to be successful on the weekend. And then another one that it's kind of similar, but not really. Uh, so obviously, you know, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to perform well. Uh, is there any other expectations that you have, uh, you know, for your, for your team, for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think producing a group that wins is important, but it's not the, it's not the ultimate goal. I mean, I think if you look at it, that, that's an end product to a process. So for us, it's about really building a culture that drives and thrives on the process of what it takes to become a professional. So, you know, our ultimate goals are to push these guys to get to their peak and their highest level, which is hopefully a first team player. Um, so at the end of the year, when we look back and we evaluate, yeah, we will evaluate results and we'll evaluate from a staff, you know, how well did we prepare the players? But it's really how, how well did we develop these players to play in PNC for the first team and fight for an MLS Cup? Um, and you know, I think I've said this before, it, the, the, the process of a player becoming a first team player and playing, there's a lot of factors to go into it. It's not always about ability. You know, there's there's roster composition. There's all sorts of things. But our goal from from a second team is to have those players in the conversation of should they be first team players? Are they going to push the level for us to win MLS Cup to make the playoffs? So I think that that's a real big goal that everybody will see. But at the bottom line, that that, that doesn't push away the fact that on on match day, we want the boys to have a winning mindset. We want them to be competitors. We want, them, we want them to understand that, you know, being a great player is also finding a way to get results. And then kind of going off the pitch a little bit, uh, I was actually able to meet your parents uh, against the Tulsa game. Uh, they were there watching and, you know, obviously there was parents there supporting their, their children as well, or grown men now. Uh, but how important, you know, Talon was talking about how, you know, how important it was that now his family is going to be closer, you know, we'll be able to go to more matches, but to you, you know, as a coach and having, you know, the younger guys, how important for you is it to have, you know, a lot of guys that are from Houston or from around the area and not everybody, but, you know, having their families around, having that support from, you know, supporter groups that are going to be there, you know, people coming out to watch, you know, how important is that for you as a coach? Yeah, I mean, I'm going on my sixth year here, so I, I call Houston home. Um, I've been through, I've been through a lot since I've been here. Obviously, you can, you know, you can look at not only the club structure, but the, the way the city's changed. Some of the some of the hardships the city's seen since I've been here with the hurricane and the freeze and things like that. I think it's really, really important that the guys understand that this is this is an opportunity to represent the city. Um, one of the big things I push for the guys is, you know, why do they do what they do? So, you know, their reason why they, they play is, is important that they keep that in the, in the front of their minds, because it's not just about them. It's about who they represent, who they go home to. Um, you know, I'm very lucky to have my parents here, my brother here, his wife, his daughter, 
um, you know, my significant other, her daughters, uh, my daughter. I think it's really important that those things stay in the forefront of your thoughts, because when times get hard, that's always who's going to support you. And so if we can build a culture um, within Dynamo 2, where we as a team support each other the same way that the families support each other, um, it's huge. And I think you know, uh, I don't know if Talon told you, but, you know, uh, we want people to come and all the players get tickets. And, you know, t- Talon asked for 30 tickets, which is a great thing. I mean, that it makes me laugh because that's how many people want to come and support him. And part of that, too, is they don't just support Talon. I think when those families come in, they support all the players as if they are part of their their son's lives. So it's huge. And and from a staff standpoint, all of these players, they, they're like our family because we see them sometimes more than we see our own family. So um, getting to integrate ourselves with, with who they bring to the games, who's important in their lives is huge. And last one for me, um, going back into the pitch. So penalties are going to be a big factor, you know, in these, uh, you know, on all these games, you know, because if you tie, you're going to have to go straight to penalty shootout. Uh, are you, how are you guys, you know, getting into that? You know, do you already have some guys in mind that are going to be your, your prime takers, are you going to, well, you don't have to tell me, but are you going to rotate or, you know, how, how is that? How are you handling that? Yeah, I'll take it a step back. Um, preparation, preparation is the key to everything. I have a big saying where you, you want to leave nothing to chance. So details in everything that we do as a staff is what's important. You know, how detailed we are in every aspect of the game is going to determine how well the players do. Um, they have to go out and perform, but at the same time, we need to make sure that leading into the game, they have no questions that they, they, they will have or no situations that they will see that they can't solve on the field. But also for us um, with the penalties, it, it's something that I think is becoming bigger and bigger in the game, not just penalties, but set pieces um, in general. Uh, people always talk about phases of play and they talk about, you know, the attacking phase the defending phase, the transition phase, all these different things. But set pieces, set pieces are a, a phase of the game and they dictate the way at the results play out at the end of the game. So um, penalties has just been added into our set pieces and we're very fortunate. You know, uh, Jason Grubb, who is our goalkeeper coach, um, he, he's excellent. He's one of the best in this country, I would say at any level in what he does. Um, and his ability to analyze and train set pieces, attacking, defending, and penalties ha- has been a big key for us. Um, we've been focused on it as, as long as it's been announced. And I think that, you know, penalties are an interesting bit because I think it comes down to confidence. It comes down to how many times have you, have you practiced it, so the repetition. And then really... And I say this a lot, but the culture of the group going into a penalty situation, you know, do you go in with confidence? Do you go in with with, you know, a little bit of um, nerves? And then, you know, we've broken it down to as far as, you know, when we win the coin toss, which which one, you know, do we want to go first or second? Which end do we want to go to? Um, You know, but a lot of it from the player standpoint and we've we've made it fun, too. So we've made it a competition. There's a running tally of who's taken penalties and scored and who's taken penalties and missed. We post that. The players know that. So we've already started to put them under pressure for this because there, there is a real there, there's going to be a real push for those points. Um, I would make the argument that I think when we look back at the end of the season and the teams that make the playoffs and the teams that are out, it'll probably come down to 
some of those games where two points was won. So um, it is a big piece of it. And, and I, I think the league is, has done a good job of putting these young guys under pressure situations. I think from a fan standpoint, it's going to be really exciting knowing that, you know, if it's a draw at the end of the game, there's going to be something, there's going to be something after that. And um, I will say I, I am extremely confident with any goalkeeper that we have that we will make saves. Those guys pride themselves on those situations. And um, this club has done an unbelievable job of producing goalkeepers over the last three or four years. So I feel very confident going into those situations. Um, the one thing I will say is I've, I've told the boys that uh, my hope is within the, the first 90 minutes that we, we make sure that we're not in that position. Um, but we will find ourselves in that, and, and I'm excited for it. That's it for me. So thank you so much, and uh, good luck on Saturday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for everything you guys are doing. Yeah. Anything else for Coach Bundy before we wrap up? Yeah, I have a few questions. Let me see. Yeah, Let me turn my camera on. Hey, uh, this is Rudy as well from uh, Dynamo Theory. Um, Kenny, um, you know, you've, you've been with the academy since 2016, and you've seen, you know, a lot of players come and go, and a part of you know, the Dynamo being a part of the RGV system for a while, um, it seems like maybe a lot of players were like lost in translation or in transition. Uh, but how important it's, you know, having Houston Dynamo those here and, you know, trying to keep the, the a lot of talent that we have in Houston, you know, here in Houston. It's a great question. I, I really, you know, I respect uh, the research you guys have done for this because I think that's why this is so important is the question you just asked. I think um, the RGV project was was an interesting one. I think it, it it became a logistical issue more than anything. It became the distance between the Valley and Houston. Um, so I think this is, this is such a massive piece for our club um, because everybody talks about the clubs that have produced these academy kids gone on to the first team and sold to Europe. And I think what those clubs have separated themselves with in the past from other clubs is they've had talent and they've had opportunity. And so that talent meets opportunity. And then those players excel faster than players that just have the talent. So for us, this is the full pyramid of talent, having opportunity, playing professional games, playing meaningful games, and then being in-house, I think, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is when we say in-house, it means that, you know, for, for our staff, we're in constant communication with the first team, not over the phone, not over Zoom calls. We literally walk across and we're in these meetings. Um, if anything need, is needed for the first team, you know, we're 100 yards away. They can come over. We need this guy. We need this guy. We share a gym. We train you know, a couple hundred yards away from each other. Uh, we train at the same time. So that allows player movement. Um, they need three or four guys for one exercise. Let's say they're preparing for a team that plays a certain system. We send guys over for one exercise. They come back to me. So it's huge in the, in the development of, of the players. Plus, I think the players feel that connection. They feel the connection with the first team. They know the staff. They know the front office. Um, they, they, they know everybody more than just, Hey, I saw this person at the game or, Hey, you know, this person came to sp speak to me. They see him on a daily basis. Um, so it's really, really important for our club because we do have talent coming through. Um, we do have Houston talent coming through, uh, that that's a big thing. Um, 
nothing against the academy, but when we got players at under 19, the jump from under 19 to the first team is, I think, a bit bigger than people realize. Um, now having Dynamo 2, you know, you have professional games, you have players that can drop in from the first team, you know, you have a real environment to test these players. And I think what we're going to see, and, and I just want to be honest with everybody, is we're going to see a lot of these young guys play. We're going to see a lot of these young guys have ups and downs. And that's okay. That's a good thing. Because I think one thing that is not noticed about some of the players that have been sold to Europe by other MLS clubs is that their timeline from being signed to a homegrown deal to being sold has been multiple years. And those multiple years kind of go unnoticed because they're in and out of second teams. They're in and out of the academy. They're, they're playing multiple games at multiple levels to get to that point where they've gained that experience from 17 to 20 that a lot of guys without a second team don't get. They, they end their career at 19. Maybe they get signed into the first team and they're not MLS ready. So I think that's going to be a really exciting piece for us. And, uh, the the pipeline itself, right? We know that uh, this uh, this new league is it's to help uh, bring those players, like you mentioned, to the first team. Um, and the teams here are probably ninety nine percent that for you know academy teams for bigger or the MLS teams. But how you know Nagamura was questioned, be, you know, when he arrived to Houston, just because of the mere. Um, uh, standings, I guess, or results that he had given with Sporting KC. But it seems that this league is a little bit more even in that aspect because everybody's kind of pushing to bring that talent up. So, you know, overall, what do you, what do you expect apart from creating a pipeline for, for those players that, you know, go from the uh, 23 or, uh, or vice versa, right? Because you're going to have Guys are maybe not getting playing time and, and with the Dynamo, come down to Dynamo Dose. But, you know, overall, what are you expecting, you know, from your team? To be competitive. I mean, that's, that's the number one goal is that we're competitive. Um, good days, bad days, we have to be competitive. We have to fight. You know, I think we have to play with passion. We have to, we have to want to dominate the ball. We want to have to defend with, with passion, with fire. Um, we have to create chances. You know, if I'm honest with you, I'm a very attacking minded coach. I, I, I like to attack. I like to create chances. I like to put people on their back foot. Um, but I think sometimes what gets missed in, in that translation is that we, we don't celebrate good defending. We don't celebrate guys that sacrifice themselves to keep the ball out of the back of the net. Um, you know, when you look at the young players, I guess to go to your question a little bit more in depth, um, you know, not every player is going to be a 15, 16 year old that we've got in the academy, right? It, it's, a, it's going to still be a, a pretty big jump for some of these players that are in the under 17 academy team to jump into the second team. But we've got players like Majid Marana, who, you know, we had in the academy, I had in the academy for two and a half years, who went to school for three years and who's come back. You know, he's a player that, you know, we, we, we see really highly. Um, he plays a very important position for the club. And I think that, you know, he's a player that, yeah, maybe guys might look at and say, well, yeah, he's a little older, he went to school. But our ultimate goal is to to make the first team competitive, to, to create players that will help the first team to, to win, um, to make the playoffs from the first team, uh, to, to compete for an MLS Cup in the future for the first team. So, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a great thing, I think. 
you know, you'll see players, you'll see players on Saturday that have come through the academy that maybe people didn't really know about. That people, you know, they're not a they're not a high profile from a name standpoint because maybe they didn't follow the academy closely or I've only heard this name a couple times, but guys that we know are ready for this opportunity. Um, and then obviously when you get first team guys that drop down, I mean, I think it's a, it's something that we can't forget that some of these guys dropping down are homegrown guys that have, have come through the academy that need these experiences. They need these, these uh, opportunities to really push to make sure that they're pushing the level for the first team, that they're fighting to be on the roster for the first team, that they're fighting to play in PNC over the weekend. Um, so, you know, the expectations of the group are that we, we develop and we get better every week because the parity of this league is going to be interesting. I think the questions that you're asking about, you know, is it similar to USL? You know, you've got standalone teams, you've got players like this. Are, is every team going to be built the same? No. Is every team going to mirror their first team? No, I don't think so. Um, but I think that, you know, the one thing that you will see is you're going to see teams that are, are finding themselves throughout this process. They're finding out, you know, what young players are, are performing, um, what first team players are coming down. Um, and I want to be very consistent with us being competitive, no matter who plays. You step on the field, you put on the Dynamo jersey, and you're out to be competitive. You're out to, to, to show the city that we're here to fight for them. And I think the one exciting thing is, is I think we're going to get decent crowds. I think people are going to be excited to see the future. I think people are going to get excited to see players that they've heard a lot about of, but maybe not seen play. And I guess last question for me, Kenny, um, you did mention, you know, obviously some of the players coming from Houston Dynamo. We've seen that, you know, Marcelo Palomino has even captain uh, Dynamo Dos and seen players like Ethan Barlow, you know, Juan Casilla get minutes. How does that work? You know, does the uh, Dynamo Dos train neck together with the first team or is it separate? And and for those guys that are technically on the first team, do they just show up to play the games or is there, or is there a lot of, you know, um, activity for both of them? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, not to give give you too much of the inner workings of how how we work, but um, the 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 way it works is obviously we train at the same time. But I, I would say that there's a lot of different scenarios. There are scenarios where we send four or five guys into the first team to help them win on the weekend, and there are opportunities for the guys that are going to play with me on the weekend to come in and train and understand the game plan, understand the set pieces, and they come in and they train with me. Um, there's a lot of movement back and forth. And I think that separates us uh, in a good way from maybe some other scenarios where we're separate. Guys drop in the day before, they train one time, they jump in and they play. Um, there's a real integration of the two teams. I think that's a massive benefit for our first team as well. Because like I said earlier, you know, having them need to win on, on the weekend is priority number one. So if that means that six, seven, eight guys need to go in, they need to they need to train. They need to play like the team that they're going to they're preparing for. That's the that's the opportunity that those guys get. If it's you know we have a game this weekend, the first teams are on an international break. Those guys have the opportunity to come in for multiple days, get to know the game plan. Um, but the other bit is is since everybody's in house, you know the conversation isn't just on the training field. You know I, I have the opportunity to talk to these guys. 
Paulo has the opportunity to talk to the guys on a daily basis. So um, no matter who's moving up or who's coming down, it's not as if they're just there, don't know what's going on, don't know any personnel, don't know what's expected of them. Um, I think we have a true integration process here, and it's not only on the field, but it's through the communication that we give to the players that's going to excel some of these guys massively. Um, there's, there's a conversation every day about every player that goes from one team to the other. So uh, to me, I think that's the most exciting bit about it. Thanks, Coach. Best of luck on Saturday and the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have one you guys need. I have one more for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so, for example, Talon has played under you, right? Uh, I've talked to the, the dad of Diego Gonzalez, who also played under you. And then you were just talking about uh, Mujib. Is that how you pronounce it? I, yeah. I always, get, I always get it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so those players, you know, are players that you have seen. And obviously, you know, you had your, your hand, I guess you could say, in bringing them into the second team. I wanted to know how, how does this team get put, put together, basically? Obviously, we know that the first team guys, they come down, but they were probably, you know, picked by either, you know, the, the coaching staff of the first team or, you know, we have Pat, Pat Onstad or Asher who do all that stuff in the first team. But, you know, when it comes to, the, to Dynamo 2, uh, Dynamo uh, do you also play the GM role? Do you, know, do you get to maybe uh, have guys on trial? Or, you know, how do, you know, how do these, some of these guys end up, you know, and, and this team? Do you, I don't know if that makes sense. No, that's a great question. I mean, look, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm surprised more people haven't asked about the roster build, right? Because I think that's a, that's a really important question. Um, the roster is, it's built into three buckets. We have up and coming academy kids. Uh, we have first team players that will come down. And then we have Dynamo 2 players that are signed specifically for Dynamo 2. So those three buckets are, are the players. Um, the art of that is, you know, bringing in guys that are just Dynamo 2 players that have first team potential or are on a first team pathway that are players that, you know, bring a level of professionalism. Um, so you guys spoke to Talon. Obviously, he's, a, he's an unbelievable professional. He's a young man. But he's an unbelievable professional. Majib, unbelievable professional. Um, some of these players, Papa Ndoy, unbelievable professional. Those guys are in the beginning of their career, and they bring a, a sense of leadership and stability in Dynamo 2. So when players come from other areas, say the academy of the first team, there's a core group that understands the standards and pushes the level and creates that culture. So it was really important for me to make sure that I not only got the best players that we could get, to play positions that are key for this team, but that they understood the culture that we were going to try to create. And I think sometimes that gets lost when players, you know, people say, oh, well, you knew this guy, you know, this guy, you know, this guy. It's amazing when, you know, you as a coach can look at five to eight players and know that they understand exactly what's expected of them and they believe in it. And they're the ones pushing that culture. They're almost the coaches in the locker room. So, um, I think it's really important. Now, do we have trialists? Absolutely, we have trialists. Are, are we going are, are to bring in players um, from areas that people will be shocked from? Yeah, absolutely, we're going to bring in players like that um, because our, our job as well is to push the first team. And the better our players are, the more it pushes the first team, um, the better competition they get and the, the, the closer they get to making the playoffs. So um, our, job is, our job as a staff is to continually be looking for 
those pieces that, that fit into this group that are going to compete, that are going to push the first team. And then obviously on the weekend, that only helps the product that we put out on the weekend for our games. Um, but Nick Koba and I are, are constantly talking about the roster. Players in, players out, who's coming down, who's coming up, you know, who's doing well within the, the Dynamo 2 roster itself. Um, but yeah, we, we, get a, we get a good say. The great thing, and I keep saying this, but the integration, you know, there's players that we've looked at that I've gone to Paulo and said, do you like this player? Can you watch this video? And th- th- he's a busy man. He's, he's, he's fighting to create something here that hasn't been created in a while. So for him to take the time and say, Kenny, this is spot on. I like this guy. I think you guys should make a move for it. I, I think that's really helpful because obviously he realizes that that's going to help push from the bottom up for his group. So it, it's been a really fun experience, a really good experience to, to build this roster. And I think on the weekends, you'll see there are players. Um, we have a kid, Beto Avia, who was here um, in the academy. He went to Austin. He played for Austin Bold for three years. He's back. So that's an academy kid that we sent to the USL that's now back playing. Another culture piece. Another player that's you know in, young in his career that is trying to fight to be a first-team player. Um, that helps our young guys as well because these academy players coming into an environment They don't need to be the leaders. They need to be led. They need to see what professionalism looks like. Um, And they need to be pushed. And they need to realize that this is the level that you have to attain before you even get close to the first team. So um, we're in a really good place with the roster. That's it for me. Thank you so much. Awesome. No, thank you guys.